0: All I can do is put my part out into the world. It doesn't have to be perfect the first time. It doesn't have to be perfect ever, really. I mean, as long as you, you're enjoying doing it and you're trying your best, that can be good enough. Art is something that you can
1: experience with your senses and that you just experience as, as so
0: beautiful. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Artfully Told. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I am very excited about today because this is a pretty special episode. Tomorrow, June 1st, marks Artfully Told's one-year anniversary, and so today I invited my husband, Kevin, to come back to the show. Thank you for being here today, Kevin.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. And I thought we would just talk about, you know, one year of Artfully Told and sort of maybe what we've been up to art-wise over the last year or what's coming up, just to celebrate all things art. Yeah, so... (laughs) Yeah. So, gosh, do you have any questions for me right off the bat? Yeah. I feel like this is. Yeah. yeah,
1: I do. So, so one year in, how many how many episodes is that? How many interviews?
0: So I have at this point. This will be my fifty fifth episode published because I did start with a few at the launch. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So in those fifty five episodes, what is something that you've learned? Sort of. An, is there a general? sense of something that you've learned or something that you've kind of a- appreciated in general that you didn't expect or?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, I think a lot of interesting things have emerged from the process. Of course, you know, this is my first time hosting a podcast and being part of it from start to finish. So I've, I've learned a lot about the process of actually producing a podcast and what all goes into that.
1: The technical aspects. Exactly. So, yeah, so you learned all the technical aspects of it.
0: Right. And then the, I think one of the most interesting prevailing themes that was a little surprising to me only because I hadn't thought about it this way was, you know, I ask my guests the same three questions every time. And one of them is, what do you think is the most important role of an artist? And I've gotten a lot of amazing answers, but one of the most commonly expressed answers is a form of to be true to yourself or to be honest or you know those kinds of answers and what's interesting to me about that is you know as a as an artist who's always taken on a different persona like a, as a character or you know I'm portraying a certain emotion or something like that it's not necessarily It's not like I'm being dishonest in the portrayal, but my version of art, like to me, it was interesting because for somebody who is just is maybe a visual artist expressing themselves through painting or something like that, then to be true to themselves or honest is like them taking their truth and putting it onto like a canvas or something like that. But what's interesting about being an artist who takes on somebody else's persona is that. I want to do that character justice, but at the same time, it's not me being myself honest, if that makes sense. And so that was always kind of an interesting answer that I've really enjoyed kind of delving into in a different way, because my answer to that question is different, but it's only because of the way that my art has come out so far, if that makes any sense.
1: Could you say that that you're being true to your character?
0: Yeah. In portrayal? Yeah, oh for sure. I mean, I would always want to do that, but I think I think I just hadn't I hadn't labeled it as the most important thing of an foreign artist because of the kind of work that I do. So, I just really liked that perspective and thinking about how important that is to so many artists. So,
1: is there anything can you think of a particular moment or two that surprised you?
0: I have definitely had some guests, you know, with varied backgrounds where well, I think you know what? Okay, here's one thing that has been really important for me to learn and understand would be especially people who've had different experiences with art based on, you know, their race or gender or whatever else. You, and and it's so specific because the way that artists are treated just I guess like every human being unfortunately or fortunately has been treated is different in the arts world and so i think what has been interesting to me is learning the the stories about people overcoming challenges that were kind of put in their way because of these different aspects of who they are where it should i think just be about you know the right person for the right role or you know, you're, you're a talented artist, regardless of, of what you look like or who you are. A- everyone's experience is so different based on kind of who they are, what they look like and stuff like that. So that's been really important for me, I think, to, to listen to these stories and to share them because it provides a different perspective than maybe I would have, you know, had myself. And that's what I love about the podcast, too.
1: You get to maybe not experience what they experienced, but you get an idea yeah. of that experience, Right. It, it broadens your own kind of vision of art.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It broadens the vision and f- I, I don't, <laughs> forces conversation, but it does open up conversations that might otherwise be difficult to have or wouldn't come up necessarily because they're not always fun to talk about per se. But when you create a space where you can share about the good, the bad, and the ugly, I think that that's been one of the most wonderful things is having people share honestly about their experiences.
1: Looking forward for the next year, the next 55 <laughs> podcasts, is there, or episodes, I should say. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Woo! <laughs> yeah.
1: I have I have big dreams for you.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I won't be sleeping ever.
1: So in the next 55 episodes, is there something that you would like to be intentional about and, and kind of focus on or... I know this year has just kind of been
0: exploration.
1: Yeah, you yeah, know you've been kind of learning and experiencing, and and it, are there any changes you'd like to make, or in your in your approach or anything like that?
0: Yeah, I I really like the conversations that have emerged uh, naturally through these episodes, and. I, I would like to keep it that sort of organic, like it's just the two of us having a conversation about art, so it doesn't feel as...
1: That's the only know, agenda. Yeah, is yeah. Talk about art.
0: Talk about art. And and there's that can go in so many different directions, but as long as we kind of keep the central theme of art and, and, and the stories that connect us, I think that that's really important to me. I particularly love hearing about certain moments that really stand out to people. So I think emphasizing that... Yes, it's important to share about our creative processes and things like that. And I think that's very interesting, especially if, like, I'm not a writer, so listening to a writer talk about their process is really cool to me. But I, I also really love the moments when people say, you know, I went to this art gallery and I saw this one painting and this one painting for whatever reason, spoke to me that day and it changed my perspective on my relationship with my dad or something like that, where, you know, those moments are so cool and they happen and I think we just need to talk about them more. So I think I'm looking forward to hearing more and more stories about the power of of art. And then I think the other thing that I'm going to mix up and play with a little bit is now you've all had the opportunity to hear from a lot of different people about their perspectives on my final three questions. So I'm pretty sure I'm going to be mixing those up. I'm kind of excited about that. I uh, don't have them in stone yet.
1: That was my next my oh. next question. Do we get a preview of what any of those questions are?
0: Um, I'll give you one because it's a good one to probably ponder before we coming on the show. Although maybe, you know, again, sometimes the spur of the moment answers are are particularly delightful too. But I think one of the questions I want to ask is something along the lines of what you asked me at one of our episodes of, you know, say this is your last day to live and you only get to experience one thing of art, one show, one piece, one book, whatever, one last time, what would that be and why? And I just think that's such an interesting question to ask because I think it'll it'll tell us a lot about the individuals and sort of what means the most you know thinking about those last few moments. So I I think that will be a really cool.
1: Are you going to keep any of the others or completely switch it up?
0: Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I think probably that new question will become the new third question. I do like, I like all the questions is the problem, but I also think it's maybe time to do some new ones. So I don't know. TBD. All right.
1: (laughs) So outside of the, the podcast, anything interesting in this past year related to art that stands out for you?
0: Yeah, I think this has been a really wonky season for a lot of artists, but so there wasn't as much, there wasn't as much creative. Art stuff that I got to do last year. But as we're starting to kind of see things open back up, I'm really excited. Actually, yesterday, we just finished wrapping up filming for my professional company's very first dance for film production. We're fondly referring to it as your term, which is a dancicle. In fact, you want to talk about why we're calling it a dancicle?
1: Yeah. So this year was so unique. And, you know, we had the opportunity for your your company to perform, but not live. Mm-hmm. We could perform on a stage and film it. Right. But, you know, that that really poses an interesting challenge because it's not very immersive. Right. You're just sitting there watching a, a video of something that happened live. And, you know, I think that's one thing that Hamilton... Did well. Mm. It, it it was it was well produced when mm. they did it on stage, very much, and yeah. showed it in video. Yep. But I think it's really hard to do well, yeah. and we have a little bit smaller of a budget <laughs> than, than Hamilton. Just
0: a smidgen. <laughs> so <laughs> hundred or two bucks, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: So yeah, so we had to be creative and and had the idea to film mm-hmm. a a dance. But movie style on right. locations. And so basically it's like a musical because it is a, a video. Yeah. A movie. But there's no dialogue. It's all it's dance. But it is, you know, in on sets right. and in locations and, and things like that with a soundtrack. So so not all of it is dancing. So that's why it's a dancicle. Just like in musical, it's not all singing. Right. So that's where that's where the term dancicle came from.
0: Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I, I'm super excited for so many reasons, but I think that that particular adventure is going to be really cool to see it come together. I mean, it was such an interesting process because, you know, I've never, obviously we've had things filmed before, but it it's kind of like what Kevin was saying in the sense of like, we do this stage production there's this one maybe two camera angles but it's it's mostly just to have like a memory of it and so to then go and work with a filmmaker and we have the great privilege of working with Alden Miller who was actually a previous guest unartfully told so definitely go check out his episode he has a lot of great insight and wisdom to share and but yeah so we've been working with him and in you know he's fantastic he's an award-winning documentary filmmaker, so he knows exactly what he's doing, and he was so gracious to work with (laughs) the company that is super enthusiastic but doesn't know the ropes behind creating a film, right? So, you know, from the the get-go, it was a collaborative process. Kevin was... The person who came up with the storyline, I was frankly not feeling very inspired. I I had these ideas. I just didn't feel like any of them would work. And then one day, Kevin had this... Well, I'll let you tell this part of the story if you're okay with that.
1: Yeah, so I, I was, I don't know what you would say, fulfilling a challenge. The challenge was to memorize something. And I had a week to memorize something, some sort of text. And I chose hmm? Rudyard Kipling's poem, If... And it was a poem that he wrote for his son. And I was pretty inspired by it because it, it talks about being a man. But, you know, really, it's just about being a legitimate, good person and basically how to act. And I was inspired by it yeah. and felt like we could come up with a story that embodies and, you know, makes it into a visual source. Yeah. To tell the story. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was my inspiration. So then you read it and you're like, yeah, it's okay. And <laughs> No, um, I loved
0: the poem. I just also couldn't picture. Well, right. I mean like yeah. that,
1: that's an okay inspiration for a thing, but right. you didn't quite see yes. it. Yes.
0: Yeah. Where could this lead to in a dance production kind of thing? Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So then we kind of hashed it out. Yeah. What it might look like, some storyline ideas. And then, yeah, it was at one point probably one of my prouder moments when you're like, okay, this could probably work.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what's cool about the poem, and maybe we can post a copy or at least a link to, to view it. We'll do that in our show notes, but it's, it's a fantastic poem. It's really inspiring and it's kind of just sort of naturally broken into four sections. And so Kevin took the four sections and put a storyline. So there's sort of four storylines that follow, you know, in our case, women mostly, but but follow women through their individual storylines. But what's kind of cool about the way that it's turned out is they're interwoven in interesting ways. So you you sort of see the characters woven into the different scenes. And I think that's going to be a really cool aspect of it. Like, you know, you'll see, for example, the lead characters from the first scene, you'll see them visiting the restaurant in the second scene, you know, and, and so, sort of it kind of weaves through. So I think it's actually going to turn out really cool. But yeah. And so once once Kevin had sort of narrowed it down, we had sort of hashed it out a little bit. We then met with Alden and really kind of had like a brainstorming. Here's what we're thinking. But he's essentially a professional storyteller. So like this is his area. So like, what do you see and and how can we make this all work together? And so once that process got done, then it was a matter of, well, I think you had already picked out music by that time, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. We had had all the music ready, and what's interesting about that is when we're coming up with our storyline, and and he's saying, okay, where where is this going to be? Where, oh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we're just used to always having a stage. That's right. where it's going to be. Right. Um. So that was another interesting element, and and sort of challenge.
0: Yeah.
1: Is finding locations to shoot yes. and getting permission and jumping through all the hoops. And there's all sorts of <laughs> uh, things that we had to do.
0: All sorts of things.
1: That we're not used to doing that, that is a learning
0: process. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and honestly, I'll uh, just to be totally frank, you know, normally when we're doing this process, I'm very used to the process of coordinating people with rehearsal time and we usually have one space that we're rehearsing in, so it's it's a very easy process in the sense of, yeah, we're trying to figure out overlapping schedules of availability, but it's that compared to time slots and what we need. It's not that bad. And I've done it a lot, so I'm very comfortable with it. But this was this whole other layer of, not only are we coordinating people's availability, but we're also coordinating Alden's availability with that, and on top of that, venue availability And on top of that, weather conditions. So frankly, it was one of the most stressful periods of my life, probably since a while. Because there was just so much to coordinate. And I just wasn't, I also wasn't aware of the length of time it takes to coordinate things like that. Because, you know, I'm kind of used to, all right, this studio was available then. Perfect. So this is how we'll fit it in. Versus... You know, like filming at a college, there's this entire process that you have to go through of getting approved and where exactly are you going to film and then filling out all the paperwork and stuff like that. And so the lead time is so much longer.
1: And then finding a time where students and teachers aren't going to be interrupted with the filming and...
0: Right. Yeah, all sorts of things. All sorts of things. So, yeah, it was just a totally different process, but then... So there was that learning curve, but then there was a learning curve of actually like being in the process of the actual filming taking place and not realizing certain things, which has been really cool, actually. Like, you know, when you're filming a movie, for instance, you're going to have the characters change costumes, change clothes between different days or different scenes. That makes complete sense to me, but as a dancer who usually sticks with, you know, dance kind of choreography. Usually, if you're establishing a character, you keep their costume the same throughout because that way it's easy to identify as an audience. Like, oh, you know, Jane always wears her blue gingham dress, so, you know, that's Jane, if that makes sense. Partly because we don't have the advantage of getting to see people's faces all that close, and so it it is important to kind of establish. But now, (laughs) it was like, oh, right, we should change hairstyles, we should change maybe even a little bit different makeup. We we need to change the clothes from day to day. So it looks like not just one long, one day, (laughs) you know, but Mm -hmm. different days. And this is a progressive storyline. That was uh, funny, but, you know, not something I would have thought of.
1: And the thing that stood out for me that was probably the most different that I noticed was for dance, you rehearse, 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 Mm -hmm. And then... Boom, you have one shot and you it, to get it perfect. And then in this rehearsing is almost worthless because if you go to a space that is not the film set and rehearse, it's not going to be the same. And so then when you get on to set, you have you have different things that get in the way. Or it's carpet and you didn't rehearse on carpet. So this turn is not going to work. Right. So you just get there and you do a bunch of takes.
0: Yes, <laughs> you're absolutely right. And certain things too, you know, there were there were certain spaces that we didn't even have access to before the day of the filming. Well, I guess right. all of them were. We had kind of, we had an idea of the space and what, it, what we could use of it, but it's still different, you know, because you take away the certain image and you kind of... I would say, okay, this is, I think, choreography that's going to fit in right here. But then you get there and you realize that either things have moved or they actually don't want you to touch this one thing that you thought it would be okay if, you know, you use the counter as like a bar or, you know, stuff like that. Where and that's all fine, well, and good. It's just, it was really interesting because it was like, okay, set the choreography, try to be as prepared as you can be. And then the day of is like completely flexible and things changed like that, you know, and it was, (laughs) I'm so grateful. I work with such amazing dancers who are totally fine with that. There were no complaints. There were no issues whatsoever. They are like, sure. Okay. Yeah. And then, you know, you're doing your fourth, fifth take of the exact same moment and we're just not used to that. But, you know, everyone was like, this is fun, you know? And
1: the feedback from the dancers, they're like, oh, would it work if I did this or maybe I could do this just like yeah. on film day? Yeah. That doesn't happen in, in productions. You're not right.
0: like
1: you know, <laughs> rehearsing for months and then like, you know, yeah. I was thinking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's do it this way instead. Yeah. Right.
1: And so that was fun. It, it beca- was fun. It was fun and, and worked really well, I thought.
0: I think so too. And I think you know, and it seems so obvious when I think about it in context, but without having someone to say, you know, you're going to have to be loose with your musical interpretation of some of these movements so that it can be adopted for film. It just, it wasn't something that I had really thought about. So I think the learning curve has been a lot of fun too. There would be moments when, you know, Alden would say, okay, so from my perspective as a filmmaker, I'm seeing this. Now I know this is different than a normal dance production. And so, you know, funny things like that where all of a sudden be like, oh, okay, actually, can you start from the other side and do your thing the reverse way? And, and you know, just things I just didn't think about. It was great.
1: Yeah. And now it's kind of out of your hands. It is. And it's up to Alden and his yeah. uh, superpower.
0: Magical genius. Of editing. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we'll see. But we're really excited. It's going to premiere at the Kansas City Fringe Festival in July. We will definitely be talking about that closer to the time. But keep your eyes open on our company website, which is www.vitadancecompany.com and also www.kcfringe.org because that's where you'll be able to take advantage of seeing us dance and seeing this brand new production
1: (laughs) and i think i don't know of another movie like this i think this might be pretty close to the first of its kind there's probably very few people that have tried this
0: yeah because it's it's not like you you see a lot of really good like dance movies or dance inspired movies where it's about a group of dancers, but there's always dialogue
1: and it's about dance. It's not using right. dance as the medium.
0: Oh, oh, of the way to tell the
1: story. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Cause this isn't about dance,
0: right? It's used using... It is dance. It is dance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I like it. And I think that's why dancicle is so appropriate because yeah. it's a good way of describing it. So yeah. So our production is called when, So, you know, the idea behind that was Kipling's poem, If, and then we sort of interpreted that to be when you are these things, then this is what, who you can become or who you can be and and how you can navigate life. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that was the latest project that we were working on.
1: So you got some good news Uh, yesterday, I think it was. I did and it's art-related.
0: It is art-related. So we booked the theater at Union Station in Kansas City for a reprise of our unique Nutcracker called Cracked, a reimagined Kansas City Nutcracker. And on top of that, we got word from the aerial dance company, Kansas City Aerial Arts, that we have partnered with in the past, and they are going to be joining us for this production again, which is so exciting. I am so thrilled because they're wonderful people, just so great to work with and bring such a cool, unique element. So that's going to be the first weekend of December, and I am so excited. Live performances are going to be back. <laughs> so, All right. Yeah.
1: Cool. Well, I do want to say congratulations on the one-year anniversary. You made okay. it a year.
0: I did. Successfully.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> We're still going.
1: And, uh, and learned everything from scratch. Taught yourself. You've got your setup. It's a one-woman show. You've, you've rocked it. And people love it. So good job! Congratulations!
0: Thank you. Awesome. Thanks. Well, so I'm just curious, since I'm now experimenting with different questions. Do you have any different questions that you would like to ask me? <laughs> we can test them out in real time. This okay. Would be off the cuff, guys. Well, this
1: whole episode is—we didn't talk about this. <laughs> well, this is very true. Very true. Gosh, is there something that that stands out to you as as something that is art related? that you would love to do that is completely outside of your wheelhouse and maybe you've so far felt uh, a little intimidated and that just kind of held you back or I've never even, I wouldn't know where to start or is there something like that that you would love to do Mm -hmm. that's just kind of been outside your wheelhouse, but you would love to try?
0: Yes, I have two pipe dreams. One is to act. I really think I would enjoy acting. I I love that element that I get to do in dance production, so I actually think that having a speaking role in like a play or something else would be really cool, but it's so intimidating to me. I can memorize choreography. I'm sure I could figure out how to memorize lines, but it feels different. I'll put it that way and a different kind of vulnerable. I've kind of gotten used to the way dance is vulnerable, but that would be like a whole nother level. So that's, that's one pipe dream. And the other one would be singing. I love singing, but I don't have any formal training and I would absolutely need it. (laughs) If I were to trying to pursue anything, I don't think anyone would be super thrilled to hear me without it. But, yeah, those are the two things that are kind of hanging out there that I'd love to do at some point.
1: Okay. Okay, so so in the world of art, just in general, which is the whole world, right? I mean, <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> the world is art.
1: So let's let's see. Maybe we can narrow that down. What What would you like to see in the world of creating art or displaying art or making it available to people? What change would you like to see? And how art works, basically in general. Mm. What's what's a change you'd like to see?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I really like it. I think, I think one change I would really like to see is more of an exposure to arts from a young age, more of a chance to participate in arts from a young age. It, it's difficult because arts tend to be the first thing that get cut in a school's budget, right? And, you know, study after study has proven that kiddos who are involved in arts usually do better academically and socially and things like that, build really good life skills. But it is, you know, I, I also can understand how from just a fiscal responsibility perspective, people would cut that because there are other things that are important too. But When that happens, there's just such a gap in a child's education and even a way of positively expressing themselves and learning that there's a lot of emotion that doesn't necessarily need to be expressed in words or in behavioral changes. You could take that emotion and whatever is coming up and put it you know onto a canvas or into a dance or into a song and I think that if we could do that at a younger age to nurture this art appreciation I think that that would actually have a really positive impact on the world because there'd be so many more people able to express themselves and like I said it doesn't have to be words it could be maybe that's the way you choose to but it could be these grand masterpieces that we would never get otherwise because a child was one time told, oh, that's a silly drawing or something like that. So I think if we could encourage the arts and participation in the arts from a younger age, that okay. would be my dream. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: So it's no surprise then that you teach young students? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I suppose so. And,
1: <laughs> yes. And and that's been important to you. So yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So do I have to come up with a third one? No,
0: I don't think so. <laughs> I think those are two really good ones. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. I'll I'll do a third one in another episode. Okay, that's fair. All
0: right. <laughs> well, thank you Kevin for being my guest host today and and asking good questions and then, you know, helping me tell our stories. I appreciate it. And I, I really have to say, this has been such a cool opportunity for me. I have loved getting to talk to people who are doing just amazing things with their lives. And, you know, art plays a big role in that for these people. But just who they are and how they're contributing is so cool. And the power of the arts and just being able to have these honest conversations about the good, the bad, and the ugly, in the art world, I think has been outstanding for me personally. Every time I get to record an episode, it just sort of fills my soul back up and, and you know, reminds me that there is a lot of good in the world and people are doing really good things. And I think that's so important to remember. So, so I guess I have a twofold thanks. One part of that thanks is to everyone who's been a guest so far in Artfully Told and has been willing to be honest and transparent and willing for me to ask you questions that might kind of throw you for a second, but that you're willing to to dive a little deeper into some of the concepts. And I really appreciate that. And so thank you to everyone who's been a guest, but also a huge thank you to everyone who has been a supporter by listening to the episodes and whether you let me know you're listening or not. I just appreciate each and every one of you because you are what keeps us going. So thank you. Happy one year. This is really exciting. (laughs) I'm super stoked. I don't ever say the word stoked, but here we are. (laughs) I'm just that excited. And I can't wait to share art with the world. And I hope you're feeling inspired. I hope you share this episode or one of the many that are available and many more to come with a friend and we will catch you next time. If you have a story to share with us, we would love that so much. And I hope your day has been artfully told.